So I got to hang out with Coach Lincoln Riley for a couple hours on Tuesday morning, and he admitted this is a critical time for the program. I'm going to do my best to break down all of his answers, well, some of his answers, from our two-hour session on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you are watching on YouTube or wherever you'd like to download your podcast, we are free. And I want to thank every single one of you for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you haven't done so already, there's a red subscribe button there on YouTube. Do me a favor, hit it. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you so very, very much. So, I haven't been a member of the media for a really long time, um, like a handful of years, Uh, but I have to imagine that the head coach spending two hours of his morning, especially the head coach of a place like at USC, uh, just head coach taking two hours of his day and hanging out and chatting with the local media, answering uh, any questions we might have had. Um, I think that's pretty unique and not very common. Well, that's what Lincoln Riley did. And I I really appreciate that. Um, I, it was unexpected. We got, a, we got an email from uh, Katie Ryan, our sports information director, on Monday saying, please RSVP by 2 o'clock. And uh, Lincoln Riley would like to have a State of the Union roundtable type of event with the media. There was eight of us there in attendance. Um, and he was very candid and he did mix in, you know, a touch of the coach speak where it was necessary or where he felt it was appropriate, but for the most part, very candid, uh, with his responses. And yeah, you know, the guy can sell a bikini to an Eskimo when the weather's 30 degrees below, but, um, he's also really strong in his convictions and he, he truly, like, he's a really good salesman. So if you are going to, um, if you're going to be a good salesperson, you have to have convictions and you have to believe in what you're, what you're selling. I come from a, a, a sales background. He believes in what he's selling. So I'll just tell you, you know, all the USC fans out there who aren't, uh, who might not be happy with the news. I'll get to that here in just a second. Um, if the poop does hit the fan, uh, he's going to be the one to take full responsibility. That's the bottom line here. With that said, uh, as I mentioned, unless you were completely unplugged for the last 24 hours or so, uh, you probably already know by now that Alex Grinch got the vote of confidence speech uh, at this, uh, call it a meet and greet with the media, uh, from Lincoln Riley. And I know that's not the answer that uh, most of you were hoping to hear. But continuity is paramount in Lincoln's mind right now. Uh, He said this, the idea for us to have continuity, just us together, us with our players, us in the setting, the school, kind of knowing what we want to build is important. 
you have to feel that you have the right people in the building, people that have a great people that have great clarity on what we need to do and have the capabilities and the experience to continue to make this thing go that direction. And I fully believe that we have that. I have really no reservations at all saying that, end quote. Uh, Riley said the decision to bring Brent, to bring Grinch back uh, isn't simply coming down to not wanting to make changes. Um, and look, I get that. I, I really do. He's comfortable uh, with the guys he has on the staff. And look at it from this perspective. If you make a major change and replacing your defensive coordinator is, I would consider that a major change. Uh, Lincoln Riley now has to add to his plate, uh, making sure that his new guy that he brings in uh, gets it. So while the team learns to trust the new guy. So, you know, it, it's, you know, everything has to kind of work in concert. And I just don't know if, uh, I think that's why this is such a critical time uh, for the team. He, they have to improve. Alex Grinch knows the defense has to improve. And they have, you know, they made that improvement in year one from four and eight to 11 and three. And again, that cannot get lost in the translation here. With everything that went on, the the growth that this team made, uh, he, he Lincoln tried to put it into into quantitative purpose numbers, but you can't. Um, and I'll get to that here in a second. But I want to get back to the, the Alex thing. So um, he knows Lincoln and Alex knows the defense has to improve. So special teams, uh, so does offense. The whole team has to improve. They have to get better from what they did in twenty twenty two. So why is Lincoln so devoted to Alex Grinch, despite the defensive shortfalls? Quote, I've been through it enough with that guy to know, don't bet against him. I know what he's made of. I just do. I know what's getting ready to happen defensively. I just have confidence and a belief there. End quote. Like I said, as I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, if the ship goes south, Captain Riley will literally have steered steered the boat into the iceberg on purpose. And the reason I'm using that analogy is because uh, during our, our two-hour session, uh, Riley talked about the monumental task it's been getting USC turned around, uh, quickly turned around. And he said it's, it's kind of like you're, you're when you're trying to move a big ship in the middle, you know, in the ocean, in the small body of water, um, or you know, in a confined space—not small body of water. The ocean's big. Um, it it kind of like it's. It looks like the boat's only moving an inch at a time, but it's making progress. And he made he made no qualms. There's still a lot of work to do. Um, to say that. Lincoln was shocked by the uh, by the way the football program itself had slipped and declined, um, and I think he meant from a structural and a, found a foundational point of view. Um, he, he brought up a nutritionist and, and for the, for the lack thereof, uh, but the change that he's seen, we uh, he sees it. 
the media and the fans might not see it because, as Riley said, even if the team had just won seven or eight games, if all the things internally had still happened, you you could recognize the growth and the progress internally by other measures. So this goes back to the what he was referring to. He's you know, he going back to the accountability uh, and the program's foundation, going to class, workouts, eating at the right time, um, all of these things. He he said they grew and it, it just it got better over time with the team, um, and it was almost like it was growing an inch at a time, so to speak. Defensively. Um, the stats back up what we all saw. USC was number eight in the conference in points, total yards, passing yards, and rushing yards allowed per game. Okay. That equates to number 94 nationally in scoring defense and 106 in total yards and number 112 in passing yards and number 80 in rushing yards allowed per game. This is USC, and that's unacceptable. And, and Riley shared the exact same sentiments. He said, quote, we're very disappointed with how we finished defensively at the end of the year. We did not play very well. And I think the last week has been starting to zero in. Uh, let me rephrase it. I, and I think this last week has been starting to zero in and really define why did that happen? So during our time uh, with Riley, he would always find the right time to kind of in, inject I have to do better, you know, the, you know, that his part of the accountability. I have to do better. The coaching staff has to do better. Do better. Uh, but there were also um, opportunities to make sure he, that he pointed out that, you know, there's a play here or there that if players executed better, such as, you know, make a tackle when the guy is like right in front of you, you will see is more than likely they're in the playoffs. But he, he maintained a very fair and balanced approach um, with the blame game. So although, you know, with the time off um, since the, the two meltdowns, and I'm talking about the conference championship game as well as the, the Cotton Bowl, uh, he's had time to take a, a deep dive. And he said it's, it's brought some clarity for going forward uh, for, to have even more success than the team had. Quote, that vision and that clarity is absolutely there. And if it wasn't, listen, you know I'm all for continuity. I think it's a good thing if you have the right people. But sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it's not the right combination of people or it's not the right setting or it just doesn't quite click. And that, and at that point, when that happens, then you have to make changes. End quote. Let me be very clear. Me, this is me. Riley said he's nowhere at that point right now. Okay. Quote, this is Lincoln Riley. I don't even feel like we're 50-50 at all conflicted about it. I have a clear vision of what we're going to be defensively. And I think we can and need to and will take a big jump in the next 12 months. End quote. So while he might not be conflicted or even 50-50 on this whole issue, if you kind of read the tea leaves there, he, the door isn't locked. He just said it. He literally said it. If he doesn't see it, there's going to be a change. So he's, 
I'm going to interpret that as maybe probably 80 20. <laughs> um, he talked about how the roster already looks different and how it's going to look even more different in a, uh, when a few more pieces are added. He couldn't uh, mention the names uh, because USC hasn't announced them yet. Um, but he was very confident that uh, USC is going to get the pieces, uh, get those pieces in the transfer portal. And I, we think, I think he was alluding to uh, Anthony Lucas as well as a couple of others. So there was a lot covered in this uh, two hours. Um, I'm not going to get to it all in this episode. We're going to spread it out. So um, because I only have 30 minutes or less, and we're already uh, we're a third of the way into the show already. <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? I mean, it was. I had a really good time today, and it was really, uh, really encompassing. So you need to head on over to betonline.net because they're your number one source for your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those over there as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. I once again thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. But hey, I need you to go check out uh, the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. They have everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you're hearing it from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and the players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Quote, you can't fake that front seven. Can't do it. You can run any scheme in the world that you want. You can do whatever you can, but you cannot fake having great talent. And then obviously developing the talent in-house there. End quote. Uh, Riley made some pretty candid comments when talking about, well, he was talking about the Georgia players uh, while he watched the, uh, the college football playoff at SoFi Stadium in person, um, defensive players specifically. He said, quote, he was talking to us. Look at the guys, he said. Do they look like our guys? Not yet. Our guys don't look like that but we will soon, end quote. As I mentioned earlier in the show, it's it's not so much uh, what Lincoln said about the program's structural integrity, the foundation, but it was the way he struggled to be so, to, to find the right words about how much a disarray it was in. And those, those that's my choice of words, the disarray part. But you could just see him, he was pursing his lips, you know, clasping his hands. He didn't want to throw the previous regime under the bus. Uh, but one of the first things that Riley addressed when he got to USC was nutrition and the strength and conditioning departments. And then he reminded us, the media, <laughs> uh, quote, I told you guys when we got here, our skinny guys are too skinny and our fat guys are too fat. The bodies weren't right. Nutrition was an area that needed to take a huge jump. So USC needed to get bigger and faster while the internal changes 
took place. And that's where the transfer portal, uh, it, it's been a blessing. So uh, at the end of the first segment there, I talked, you know, Lincoln was talking about how he's looking to get the roster better and he's, he's, he's anticipating more players coming. <clears throat> Last season, uh, Shane Lee, Eric Gentry, Mackay Blackman, Lamelo Hype, those guys were pretty much day one starters on defense. Bryson Shaw, Solomon Bird, Tulane, Tyrone, uh, Jacoby Covington, uh, Latrell McCutcheon, who came over from Oklahoma. Uh, they all played roles as the season played along, you know, as the season went along. But Riley thinks that uh, the transfer portal additions on defense this year in 2023 will bring even more top end talent to the roster. Quote, we're adding, I think, a transfer class defensively that's quite a bit stronger than what we added last year, end quote. So he's very blunt, very matter-of-fact with his words. So the guys who came in last year in 2022, they're thinking, okay, man, am I already being you know replaced? Because it could be interpreted that way, but it's not. It's just, it needs to be interpreted as he's bringing in more, maybe the talent is better. But he's, it's, it's, he's making the environment more competitive. That's the takeaway. Um, so this is where, I guess, you know, the Jimmys and the Joes need to kind of step up and do their part, right? Quote, I think the lack of depth, the lack of young talent ready defensively showed up. Um, and, and because USC had so few elite guys on that side of the ball, uh, one of the terms that Riley mentioned was he, he called it the underbelly. Um, he, he talked about the underbelly of talent needing to be ready. You know, because the Tulis of the world, the Tuli Tuli Apollo twos, um, they, those those types of players, uh, they're they're not always going to be healthy for every game. And when I'm talking, I'm not talking about 100. percent I'm just talking about you know, playing the game and not, you know, feeling pain uh, because you're nursing a, an injury. So, you know, even with that month off, they, they didn't take a month off. They, they, they busted their asses uh, between the conference championship game and the Cotton Bowl. Um, got the guy, he said the guys were still worn down. So, it's up to what he, again, it's up what he referred to as the underbelly of talent to keep the production going. Uh, but the problem was they weren't consistent. And, you know, this is what Riley said. I, look, when I say they weren't consistent, I'm not telling anybody who's watched this team all year anything they don't already know. And, again, Riley saw the same thing we saw. Quote, they're developing through the year and this guy's out, and so this guy makes an impact, or this guy jumps in and kind of unexpectedly and then adds that kind of added boost at the end of the year. And that didn't necessarily happen defensively, end quote. He would continue. You can go play really good defense in different spurts or different parts of the year, and I think that's kind of what we were. We had some moments of fantastic defense, but if you're going to play it consistently, and especially at the end of the year, 
and especially against really good competition, then you're going to need that underbelly of talent to rise up and be there for you. And that's what we've got to develop, end quote. So now developing that underbelly of talent, it has to work in concert with the defense and the offense supporting each other. And, and Lincoln talked about that. You know, some games the offense is playing great. Other games the defense, you know, did the job. He, he brought up, you know, if you, you look back throughout the season, the defense had some really good games. And um, can start up at Oregon State. Just going through my notes here. Fre oh, it's, uh, Fresno State, good defense. Oregon State, Notre Dame. Um, he mentioned those specifically. Um, he said turnovers win games. And then he reflected back to what TCU did against Georgia and then related that to USC. When USC didn't win the turnover battle, they didn't win. And I guess that's probably the one area where I, I'm not going to say I, I have an issue with Lincoln. He and Grinch are all about turnovers. Turnovers are great. Nobody disagrees. But I think it masks some of the deficiencies and they relied on those. And maybe those are the changes that are going to go forward. Um, so the younger guys, they, if, if the offense and the defense aren't, and the special teams aren't all playing together, uh, those younger guys who are getting developed during practice, they're not taking the next step in developing in the games because they're not getting into the games. So, um, those younger guys again, they they need to see the game action and not just hear that they're they're, they're getting close. And yes, we did raise that with with Lincoln Riley because uh, I asked him about that disconnect um, where you know after practice you you saw the, the the practice videos and we would use the quotes where he would talk about yeah Rajon Davis or Delani Jackson these guys were getting really close but they did they they never got in the game and so. I'm going to talk about that more later in this week on, on other episodes of uh, Locked on USC because, again, there was just way too much to cover uh, in 30 minutes or less. And, again, we spent two hours with him uh, on Tuesday morning. But, really, there was a lot of good stuff uh, from Lincoln. And, you know, I even asked him about, you know, trusting the media. Uh, and the reason I did that is because he actually opened the door by saying that you know, the media and the coaching staff, they kind of have to work together. Um, not using us as a tool, but, you know, we're a tool that, to help promote the program. And by us having access, it, they, they, there's a synergy there. They work together. And he said he's not against it. But uh, in some ways, you know, he still felt that, you know, we got more than what we probably expected. And I agree. You know, we all heard the horror stories that hey, Lincoln Rides in our closed practices. You guys ain't getting diddly. And as the season went on, it got a little bit more conservative. And he did admit that while he was a little bit guarded, um, it was because he was, you know, new. He was learning the landscape. <clears throat> um, but this was a really one of the funnier moments <laughs> uh, that we had. You know, he was shocked to hear that parents used to come to practice. And there was a lot of laughter in the room because the face he made, it was just like, are you kidding me? Um, and I literally was just waiting for him to bust out into his Dan Hawkins impersonation with 
This ain't intramurals, brother. This is a Division One football. He didn't go there, but I mean, to him, that was just it's like, what? You guys have parents out here watching practice? This is peewee. Um, so that that was a cultural uh, learning experience for him. So will that happen in the future? Maybe. Um, but he's, again, he's open to it. There, there's definitely trust there. I think we all learned how to work together. So we'll see what happens. Um, he he kind of got a chuckle out of me asking the question because he's like, hey, I think you guys got more than you, than you anticipated and more than I think I was willing to give up this in this first year. And I said, hey, wait, can, you know what? I come from, a, like I said, I come from a background on sales. If you don't ask for the sale, you don't get it. But he liked the way I, I approached the question, the way I buttered him up. So uh, I'll see if I can get those exact quote, those exact words. But anyways, um, just to close on the whole media angle of it um, and, and how where Lincoln was coming from, today would be a perfect example um, of doing something with the media differently um, because he maybe he feels the trust is being built. So to bring us into that very close, intimate, it was literally, there was eight of us in there, sitting around two round tables. And uh, it was just, all right, you got a question, you got a question. And he, he just kept going. But at 11 o'clock, uh, he was like, oh, shoot, I got an appointment. <laughs> I, it, it, it wasn't a slow-moving event at all. And it's hard to, to, to describe it, but there were moments where I, it wasn't a gotcha moment, but he became very introspective, and he made sure to take his time and choose the words carefully because it wasn't a it wasn't an area where you can use any type of coach speak or, or BS your way through it. All right. In other news, uh, touched on this on yesterday's episode of Locked On USC, but it's official. Washington State offensive lineman Jarrett Kingston is now a Trojan. The former Washington State Cougar, uh, out of high school, um, some of his, I guess, notable offers were San Diego State, Nevada, Wyoming, and they got some interest from UW, Washington. Uh, so he wasn't the most uh, highly recruited guy, but he developed to the point where he became a, you know, a, valuable, a valuable commodity in the transfer portal. Um, in fact, when he took his official visit to Ohio State last week, the feeling was, oh, Ohio State's going to get one. Well, he chose to stay closer to home. He's from Northern California, and USC uh, won it, or I guess won the battle for his services. Uh, this is significant because of his versatility. We already know about the, uh, the offensive tackle from Florida, Michael Tarquin. Well, Kingston can play tackle. But he can also play guard. Uh, that's where he started his career up in uh, up on the Palouse was playing inside. So we'll see. You no, know, is he going to is he going to bring some competition for the uh, left tackle spot with Cortland Ford? Possibly. Is he going to be trying to lock down uh, one of those interior spots, the left side, giving Gino Quinones uh, some competition? Possibly. Point is, very versatile lineman and more experience. 
Uh, Riley, I think I mentioned, he alluded to uh, a few more portal players maybe being announced soon. One of them, he couldn't, he didn't mention the name Kingston because until USC makes the announcement, he's in a total line. He's not going to make sure he doesn't you know, step over the line. So he didn't mention him. But the other one we believe he was referring to was defensive tackle Anthony Lucas. Uh, so we're thinking that's about to drop anytime now. Who knows? By the time uh, you're watching this episode of Locked on USC, maybe Anthony has made his announcement. We're in that little limbo area. It's been um, close to 48 hours since he took his visit to USC, and hopefully the sooner the better because, again, classes have started. Here's another name to keep an eye on, though. Um, Oklahoma linebacker David Ugwogu. God, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He entered the transfer portal. Um, David, <laughs> I'm not going to butcher that one a second time until I get the uh, phonetic pronunciation. He was recruited by Alex Grinch, and he spent the last four years uh, with the Sooners. Uh, last year, he started all 12 games. And he earned all Big 12 honors. He ranked second on the team in tackles with 109, ranking fourth in the Big 12, averaging eight and a half per game. So obviously, this guy uh, fits Alex Grinch's uh, needs for his speed defense. Um, is this another guy to help fix that front seven? You know, look, Riley did get to, he did mention Mason Cobb and Jamil Muhammad because they've already been officially announced by USC. And he, he spoke to them specifically, specifically about their tackling abilities. Yes, that was a major topic of, <laughs> of our morning session with Riley. And I will spend a bunch of time on that and give it its own segment, uh, probably on tomorrow's episode of Locked on USC. Um, but Again, knowing that tackling was an issue and he's really trying to address that front seven. Alex Grinch recruited this guy at Oklahoma. Is this one of those guys that uh, Lincoln was alluding to? Now, here's the thing. The roster is getting pretty close to uh, reaching its, its limit. So if USC is going to be bringing in more players, you're going to have to anticipate more players hitting the portal from USC leaving. Obviously, C.J. Williams, gone. Gary Bryant, gone. I would anticipate one from the running back room, maybe another one or two from the wide receiver room. Space is going to have to be made. Okay. Phew. I am already over our limit here. I don't care. As you can tell, it was a great day. There was a lot said. There's a lot more that I'm going to tell you about that was said. Um, this, this program is going in the right direction. You're going to have to trust Lincoln Riley. I know everybody wants to see a different defensive coordinator. I'll touch more on that again uh, because just too much to talk about. I just wanted to give you a synopsis, a cliff note, footnote version uh, that came out, and we'll try and break down even more of Lincoln Riley's answers from all the questions he took on Tuesday on our next episode of Locked on USC that you will make your first listen every single day. And when you're done here, you better get on over to wrse.com because what I'm not giving you, Eric McKinney, he was there as well. We're going to have a lot of written content for you. A lot. All right. 
So until then, everyone, until that next episode of Locked On USC, you know what to do, right? <laughs>